Hello again, and welcome back to the How to Life podcast. I'm Dr. Laura Jaggett, and I am here to bring you some more valuable information to help you in your adulting journey. I want to give you the answers to the questions you may have about adulting now that you're in it. This is episode 41. Last episode answered the question, what the heck is a 401k? In case you missed it, it's an account you can set up through your employer where you can save a little money, which will be invested in the stock market and managed for you. It is a great, no-brainer, easy way for you to save for your future. We're going to continue with that same theme right now. My guest is Eva Aji, an investment advisor representative with Gerber Kawasaki Wealth and Investment Management. Translation, she's qualified to help you invest your money and make it grow so you can relax a bit when you're older. And guess what? You don't need to have a ton of money to start. It's true. There's no need to be intimidated by this topic. Eva does a great job of taking the fear out of the concept of investing and making it so easy to understand that you'll start thinking that it isn't so scary after all, and you can do it too. Spoiler alert, you can. Welcome, Eva. I'm so happy that you decided to join me on the How to Life podcast. Thanks so much. Thanks so much for having me, Laura. Um, so just to give you some background on myself, uh, I'm a financial advisor. We get Gerber Kawasaki Wealth Management. And a lot of what I do is help individuals sort their finances, come up ways to invest their money and grow their wealth for the long term. Before I get started, please note that nothing I say should be taken as financial advice. Everyone's situation is different. And if you have any questions about your personal situation, please contact a financial advisor. This podcast is going to be really kind of a Q&A. There's a lot of questions about investing and people of all ages don't know what it means. And uh, that's what this podcast is intended to do is to shed some light on this term and the terms associated with it. Eva, I want to start off this podcast by asking you to define what investing is. What does that mean? Investing means putting your money to better use. So everyone wants to have a savings account. That's important. Now, beyond that, investing is finding a way to allow your money to work a little bit harder for you and earn interest while you're not working. All right. So you said better than a savings account. Now, a savings account, people think, oh, well, that is just someplace to grow my money, which is very safe and very conservative. But why might that, might that not be the best place to grow your money? It's really important to have a savings account. We need to have between three to six months of savings. Um, at the same time, it doesn't earn very much interest. So if you actually look at what you're gaining out of your savings account on a month-to-month basis, it's probably pennies, a couple dollars. Investments can grow a lot more in the long run as well. So what we want to do is, especially for longer term goals, five, 10 years down the line, set up our investments so that way we can get to our goals a little bit quicker. What if you don't have any goals? Let's say you are super young and you got, let's say, a graduation gift of a few thousand dollars and you want to just put it in your savings account. How long should you keep it in there before you start investing? When should you start investing? I would say you should start investing as young as possible. 
And that's simply because of compounding interest and the fact that the longer in the market, the more money and more interest you'll make on your money in the long run. Can you define what compounding interest means? Yes, that means that the longer you're invested, your investments grow in value. And if you stay the course, that interest starts to gain momentum and increase. So what I'm saying is, if we start as early as possible, you have the best shot of increasing your account values as time goes on. The point of the stock market is not to try to get rich quick, but the idea is to invest in companies that you know are going to be around in 10, 15 years from now and stay the course and allow your money to grow over the long haul with those sensible companies that you'll own. And that's where you come in because people don't know what are the good companies. I guess in your job, you keep track of them, you value them, you see how their growth has been, and that is how they earn the reputation of being a safe company. Is that correct? That's correct. We spend a lot of time looking at financials. Do the company's profits actually match what the stock price is? We don't want to buy really expensive companies if it doesn't match that. Our goal is to pick winners in the long run. And of course, short run, there could be bumps along the road. But as long as you're diversified, meaning you don't put all of your eggs in one basket, that's where the risk and investment starts to dissipate. We want to make sure that our risk is spread out. And in the long run, that's been a proven strategy to do really well. Now, do you need to hire an expert to do this? Because I think most people don't know how to look at a company and predict all of that. How does your company know how to do that? And what is it that you learned to know how to do that? So I'll start with my background here. Um, There's a lot of licensing that goes into being able to become a financial advisor. We have to take series exams. And then there's a CFP that comes next that's a certified financial planner. The idea is in hiring a professional, you have someone with the ability to actually look at your background and evaluate all your factors, how much you're making at work, what your savings look like, what your goals are. And then what I do is build a plan around that that matches your needs and what's important to you. So it's not necessarily taking a whole bunch of risk. There are conservative ways to do this, but what I do is tailored in a way that you know, just investing in the stock market really might not be. So that leads into my question of, is it safe to invest Depends. in general? Absolutely. So in general, you have to make sure that you're not taking a whole bunch of risk. And that means, again, as I said before, evaluating the companies you're looking at. Also diversifying, not only holding three stocks as your retirement plan, but owning hundreds of them through mutual funds and exchange-traded funds. Those are like baskets of assets, you could call them, baskets of stocks with plenty of different things inside. Will Um, you define mutual funds a little bit more? Mutual funds are professionally managed funds. They'll have somewhere between 50 to 250 different stocks and bonds, and each one with their own purpose. So there could be one that's targeted towards high-growth companies, 
one that holds a lot of bonds, which are loans to the government. There are a lot of different ways to invest and mutual funds make it a lot easier and simpler for the average investor. How much do you need to start investing? Um, You need a couple hundred dollars, maybe. It's a common misconception that you need $5 million to get started. Um, And we get people all the time that say, do I have enough money to invest? Because unfortunately, the financial industry has long told them that they don't. But the truth is, is that even a couple hundred dollars a month or $50 a month, whatever it is, is enough to get started. And as I said before, the important thing is, is time. As long as you have a lot of time in the market, you even starting with a small amount can make a really big impact. Is it important for the individual to look at their finances and see what they have at the end of every month? that they could possibly invest, even if it's something small, like $50 or $100? Or is that something that you do? It's really important for everyone to keep track of their budget. I can't stress this enough, right? We only want to get started investing as long as we're living within our means. But if we're spending everything and more than we make, then it's more important to pay those current bills, right? I want to see credit card debt at zero before we start investing. Um, and, And with that, You know, looking at a budget, something I do with all of my clients, really helps evaluate how much on a month-to-month basis they have to spare and and contribute to investments. Are there different ways of investing? And is that something that you handle? So we handle different classes of investing with that. So you can invest in real estate. We don't do that personally. Um, That's a way you can buy property and hopefully it appreciates in value over time. Another way that we handle is through stocks and bonds. Stocks represent ownership in a company. So for example, you own stock in Apple, that would make you a partial shareholder of Apple. And with bonds, the idea is is that you're taking a loan or giving a loan to the government or a corporation. And with that, what you can expect is a guaranteed return of principal and guaranteed interest payments. Bonds are three times as big as the stock market. So really interesting there is that people don't really understand them, but it's a great stable way to invest without taking on a lot of risk. And really, you need the time to see noticeable appreciation, which means an increase in your money. Absolutely. So that's where stocks come in. We need to own stocks for that growth factor of our money. Um, bonds give a small yield, but again, it's small stocks will be a lot larger than that. Again, when we own these diversified portfolios, um, but being in the market for the long haul makes the risk factor go down. So an interesting statistic here, if you're invested in the S and P 500, which is the market, as people call it. Um, When people say the market went up or down, they're talking about the S&P 500. If you were invested for one year, 79% of the time you would make a profit and 21% of the time you actually lose money. So that's not long enough. Now we go to, let's say, 10-year period, 97% of the time you make a profit, 3% of the time you lose money. If you're invested for 20 plus years, like many of my clients are for retirement, And at that point, 100% of the time you make a profit. So your risk actually goes down. 
At that point, if you're invested for the long haul, the risk is not investing. And these statistics are based on what? How many years? It's based off a 50-year rolling period. So it could be any 20-year period between 1950 to 2020. So that sounds like it's pretty safe if you're in it for the, the long haul. If you're in it for the long haul, exactly. Um, shorter term, there are corrections along the way and there are bumps. Investors need to be aware of that and they need to be understanding that the stock market doesn't only go up. And that's why I create a plan for my clients so that if they have goals that are less than 20 years away, then their risk is minimized. So I'll incorporate bonds into their portfolio. That way, if stocks go down, their portfolio goes down a little bit less and it creates that added barrier of security for them within their portfolio. That brings up my question of strategy. So when you manage somebody's finances, their portfolio, you have a strategy. And is it based on what their long-term goals are or is it something that you take charge of? So what I typically do with a client is look at their short, medium, and long-term goals. We look at things six months from now and make sure that all of our expenses are covered, that you have an emergency fund to suffice that. And then we'll look a little bit further out, five or 10 years from now. Maybe they want to buy a home. Maybe they want to take a great trip in five years or have a large expense coming up or planning for a child. In that sense, they're going to need to start investing, putting away some money to grow for a little bit further out. And then finally, long-term is typically retirement goals, um, you know, making sure that they have enough to eventually stop working. With your clients, does everybody invest a little bit of money every month? Or do you take people that just maybe have came into a big chunk of money and then manage just that? Uh, it's about a mix of the two. A lot of my clients invest on a monthly basis and a lot of that is because first and foremost, $500 a month looks a lot less scary than $6,000 in a year. And what we want to do is dollar cost average. Dollar cost averaging is a method of investing. You invest every single month. And rather than try to time the lows of the market where stocks are on sale, they're cheap. Investors haven't really been successful in doing that. But by investing on a monthly basis, on average, you actually get to the lowest price within the year period or however long you're investing for. So I always recommend putting a little bit every single month into your portfolio, part of your surplus on a monthly basis, and allocating that towards buying more shares of stocks or bonds. Are there mistakes that people can make when investing either on their own or with a company? Yeah, a lot of mistakes that I'll see are lack of diversification, people getting overexcited about a stock they heard about on Twitter and plunging into it, not really knowing what the company sells, right? We just saw that this week with GameStop, it went over, up over 200% um, on a company that doesn't have the financials to back their stock price. This is a risky move. Now, today it's down heavily. What we want to do as investors is invest in companies that are here to last, 
not the ones that are popular or fad. And then with that, just putting all your eggs in one basket, even if it's a great company. For example, Tesla, what happens if Elon Musk has an issue? The company will suffer. And I see a lot of people that own only one stock and are unwilling to spread out their risk a little bit. That's a big mistake in the long run. So break it down for somebody new. Just kind of give me a bullet point of what we talked about. What's the first thing someone should do when they're thinking about investing? Step one. Step one is evaluate your budget. Make sure that you are spending a correct amount on a month-to-month basis. You're not overspending. And then whatever's left over, you should firstly allocate towards an emergency fund. Again, we want to have three to six months there. Step two is start an investment account. So start allocating some of your surplus money every single month towards growth. And that's for the medium and long term. And then step three, we want to look at retirement. Make sure that that's taken care of as well. Because it creeps up on you. And even if someone's really young, having that chunk of money that accrues over time is really going to be monumental in a lot of individuals' lives. So I'm going to give a little bit of my insight on saving money. At first, it seems restrictive, like you're going to go without. But when you know exactly where your money is going and what you can live on, you find that you really don't need that much. So once you get used to living within your means and you find that you're quite comfortable, it's easy. Now you have the surplus money that you can invest and grow, and that becomes more fun than getting whatever you wanted at that moment when you thought of it. Because if you really do want it and you plan for it, you'll get it anyway. You'll do it in a safe way rather than get yourself into debt. That's exactly right. The secret, I would say, to getting wealthy is living within your means. As long as we're not spending more than we're bringing in, you're in a good place. And if we can match our lifestyle to our income, then we come out on top in the long run. I wanted to do this podcast because I wanted to dispel any fear there was about investing. You know, people don't understand what the market means or stock market crashing. That sounds very scary, but it's not. You can do it in a very wise and conservative way and still come out on top in the long run. That's exactly right, Laura. For every investor, it's not so hard to come out on top as long as you have a plan in place. What I see a lot of the time are people that can't pinpoint their goals or don't know what to do next. Taking charge of your financial situation really allows you to build wealth in the long run. So I would recommend that everyone take a moment to look over what they have going on and see what they could do to make it better because there's always room for growth. Eva, this is very, very good information. How can people find you? I'm accessible on my work email at eva, E-V-A, at gerberkawasaki.com and our office phone number, 310-441-9393. You're able to also reach us at our firm's website, gerberkawasaki.com. Eva, thanks so much for this information. It's very valuable. I appreciate you. Thank you for your time. Thanks, Laura, for having me. The way to feel comfortable with something new is repetition. 
For me, the topic of investing, retirement plans, portfolio was intimidating for a long time, and I realize now it was because I had no information about it. I was in the dark, and the unknown is scary, but it's not anymore, and I hope that this episode and some of the others I've done about getting your financial house in order are helping you feel more comfortable. If you missed those past episodes or you need a refresher, check out episode 40, What the Heck is a 401k? Episode 18, Make a Budget and Get Out of Debt. Episode 10, Money Smarts, which talks about all the banking and investing terms mentioned here. My guest, Randy Levenbaum, breaks it way down and defines them in simple, plain English. Episode 7 is called Living the Dream, Retirement at Age 43. And in that show, Randy is the guest once again and talks about how she made a plan to retire early and did it way sooner than she thought. It's a pretty inspiring story. You can find the links to all those episodes and Eva's contact information in the show notes, which can be found at howtolife.com slash 041. If you haven't already, check out the How to Life Mominars on YouTube. I have some short video tutorials about all kind of adulting situations, including some money stuff. So look for the playlist finances to see what I have there so far. And I'm adding more Mominars every week. Subscribe to both the channel and the podcast, and you'll be notified when a new video or podcast airs. And before you sign off, please hit the five-star rating button, or if you're so inclined, leave a nice review. I would really appreciate that. And it really helps this show continue to help others. Thank you for listening today. I wish you a great rest of the week. Make it fun. Make it bright. Choose to see the good. It's all around you all is well. You got this. Mm-hmm.